Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back to episode 133 of Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast, presented by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Week one of the 2021 NFL season is in the books. We're going to recap everything and every, everything and everything, anything and everything there you go. from week one of the NFL season, and we're going to talk about week two. So first of all, let's just dive into it. Let's, let's talk a little business first, talk about our gambling picks. Um, we performed pretty phenomenal on our podcast pick alone, on our podcast picks alone over the weekend. Uh, we were 4-0 on college football Saturday, 4-0 on NFL Sunday, and then we lost Thursday and, and Monday night. But overall, uh, we were a total of 8-3 and three on the weekend and our podcast picks. So we did really well there. Um, still ended up positive on the Patreon as well. I think we were up like a little over 13 units over the weekend. So you're not following us there you're not subscribed there you're missing out on free money essentially yeah we are uh we're hot we've been hot we've told you guys that we've been hot now for i don't know close to a month so i mean don't want to jinx us don't get me wrong it's going to slow down eventually like you can't stay this hot forever. i mean we, we we hit a low last week i mean we had like three or four days in a row where we didn't win and then we got hot again and now we're hot now we're now we're back at it so yeah and then tonight we started off tonight four and oh so we're hotter than ever uh rolling in you know you subscribe to the patreon you know you're even though you're not a baseball better you bet the baseball picks we put out and then you're betting with free money uh for football on the weekend that's yeah, it goes. and to be fair, like a lot of this stuff, like I'm getting more into like the baseball betting and starting to learn a lot more. Travis is like the main force behind it. And I, I will be straight up honest with you guys. Like I hated betting on baseball, uh, but the picks that Travis has been giving me and the picks we're putting on the Patreons really got me back into it. Uh, and just to, you know, kind of, I don't know if you guys follow us on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'll put out, put out a little graphic today. I did some math, uh, called it the proofs in the, 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 the proof is in the pudding and it really is. Uh, I mean, just across MLB, college football, and NFL against the spread picks, if you were a $20 better over the last 30 days, you'd be up $841. So if your unit's $20, bucks, you would be up $841. If your unit's $10, bucks, you'd be up four, $420. So still, the ROI, on that, the ROI on that is insane. So again, even if you want to dab a little bit here and there, even if you're a $5 better, who cares? We're winning you money. So check us out. Um, you know, $5 sub is going to win you money and your $10 sub is going to win you a lot of money. So, yeah, we, we don't bet shame around here. We, we, uh, you know, you guys start somewhere. We started out at the, uh, you know, three, $5 bets, just work your way up. And once you feel more comfortable, you know, your bankroll is a little higher then you can throw more on there. And then once you start winning then you feel more comfortable, put more on there. Cause you're not feeling like you're going to lose a hundred dollars a night, but you know, shit happens. You know, we're, we're not saying we don't lose a hundred dollars a night because there's some nights where we do, but 
yeah and then we like to say that we win we have more hundred dollar nights than we don't have so exactly so i uh, just definitely want to touch on that the patreon's been hot uh, or even if you just want to follow our free picks we give on the podcast for a little bit like yeah these dudes know what they're talking about then hop on the train then that's fine with us as well because like i said eight and three last weekend um on our podcast picks so we're going to get to degenerates digest later we'll give you all of our week two nfl picks and our week three college picks before we do that let's talk about week one we're going to do a little bit of a pardon my take style intro to the podcast right here we just kind of recap week one uh chat about the games you know what surprised us you know biggest winners biggest losers best performance things like that so um travis where do you want to start you just want to like kind of start starting to a conversation with thursday night and kind of spin off from there yeah, well, it's not, we'll not really carry on too much about Thursday night because that was kind of a while ago. It might be a game that's out of people's minds by now. Uh, but, you know, Bucks only ended up winning by two on the last second field goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they should have won by 14 points. Yeah. Basically, all I'm going to say about that turnovers got to take care of the ball better. Bucks D, I know they're a little banged up, scared me a little bit. They, they, they don't look as sharp as what they did. Like I said, I know that there's some injuries there, but even then, you got to be a little bit, a little bit tighter than that if you're going to want to make another Super Bowl run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I would agree there. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones fumbling the ball. Leonard Fournette letting the ball bounce off his hands for an interception. Uh, Chris Godwin fumbling at the goal line. I guess three big turn- turnovers right there. I know they had four. The one was Tom Brady's interception at the end of the second half, which is pretty much doesn't really really count. Uh, I will say the Cowboys look good. That passing attack with Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper is something that's going to be reckoned with. But like you said, let's not spend too much time talking about uh, Thursday night. It is what it is. The Buccaneers reign supreme, and they're going to continue to do so until someone takes them down. Well, with that being said, let's – what 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 else kind of kind of surprised you from the weekend? Like what what were some of the big highlights on Sunday you thought were like, wow, this is kind of this kind of stood out? I mean, there's a lot. I could probably talk about something on every game just because I did watch a lot and pay so, a lot. Okay. So with that, like did you did you like pick like I know I put a few questions here. Do you have like an answer for each of these questions? I think that'll give us like an all-encompassing recap then. Um your your uh, sort your, of. That'll only cover a handful, but we can we can kind of go through it. Yeah, and then we can kind of fill in the gaps there. Your biggest winner of the weekend. I thought this was kind of a kind of like, it could be a team, could be a player, could be anything. Who's your biggest winner? Uh, mine would be the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they looked really well. Uh, Kyler Murray. I I know I said like after last year I was going to start fading them. Not the case. Uh, you'll see. Little hint hint. Might have them one of my picks later. He looked phenomenal. Uh, very. Good all around, 289 yards, four touchdowns. Chandler Jones, a guy yeah. that's been underrated for years now, even though he's led the been like one of the league leaders, very close in sacks, five sacks, uh, and then they just demolished tight. Tell Derrick Henry to probably a career low in yards over the last couple of years. Uh, uh wasn't sacks. I don't think it was a career low, but it, not career low. I would say like oh, since he got big, probably his lowest. Yeah, like I mean, since yeah. he had that tear a couple of years ago. I don't think he's he's had anything less than what he did. Yeah, but phenomenal outing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals really it was Chandler Jones and the Cardinals were my. We have another question later. Are your best performance from the weekend? Um, to me, it was Chandler Jones. Five sacks in a game is pretty hard to do. It's actually he it ties him for fourth all time. 
Guess what the record is for sacks in a game, by the way? Uh, seven. It is seven. It is seven. I knew uh, I, if, if it were six, I would have heard more about it. like, oh, it just needs one more. So I just kind of threw out seven. Yeah, it is seven. But uh, he ate Taylor Lewan all day long. He just ate him alive um, and really made getting Derrick Henry going nearly impossible. I mean, him and J.J. Watt are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm going to go ahead and eat crow right now, Travis. You and I both said the, the Cardinals might have been the worst team in the AFC and in, in, in the NFC West. Man, they might contend for contend for that division if they play play like they did on Sunday. All, I mean, all, all of them are contenders. I think, I think the 49ers will finish in last. Um, they could still finish in last and go ten and seven, though. That's exactly, the thing. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree there. That's good. Taylor Lawn though, probably been sitting on that bus eating Fritos too much in the off season. So yeah, get back on the practice field. Chatting too much, and uh, I know the guys from Pard might take. They're like, we're still very much for the boys, but Taylor Taylor Lawan looked. Very, very, very bad on Sunday. And he so. said he got his ass kicked, but it kind of there's a joy in me because I am not necessarily the biggest Taylor Lewan fan. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of cool to see, even though I did, we did bet on the Titans. Yeah, I mean, it, I it was cool of him to kind of own up to it on social media. You don't see a lot of guys doing that. He's like, yeah, hey, I got my ass, I got my ass kicked today. I got to do better. Um, my biggest, so that was my best performance. So that's a question that Travis will answer later. For me, it's Chandler Jones. You kind of lump the Cardinals into that as well. I did not expect them to go into Nashville and totally obliterate the Titans like that. Uh, my biggest winner from the weekend, kind of like a low-key game that all, not all of you will pay attention to, I think it was Sam Darnold getting his uh, revenge win against, against the Jets. I know it wasn't anything amazing, but here's the biggest key. He didn't turn the ball over, which is something that he did nearly every single game when he was the quarterback for the Jets. Um, tough did, to turn the ball over against the Jets. He threw a bomb to Robbie Anderson for a touchdown. I think revenge wins are always nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Jets are terrible. Zach Wilson didn't look good, but like Travis said, when you surround somebody with terrible talent, you're going to get terrible production. So uh, good for Sam Darnold for getting, for getting that W against his old team. Oh, hate that guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, what, 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 what question are we on? We're going to go to the biggest loser of the weekend. Biggest loser. I have two. Okay. I think it's tough. I am going to go with. Well, since you have, since you have two, I'll, I'll say one and we'll see. We'll see if we, if we have the same one. Okay. You go. My, my biggest loser is urban Meyer. Okay. Mine was going to be the Jaguars. So I'll go with my other one. Okay. Urban Meyer to me is not he might he might honestly last like seven games in the nfl as a coach like he might get fired and go to oh, usc it's, it's clear around whole jacksonville like not even just community but inside like inner team facility that like the uh rapport and just like the what am i what word am i looking for here? The, like, like there's just just the the energy the vibe the camaraderie it's it's not yeah there. it's not there and it's just so down and you could tell that everyone hates him and look what he did Apparently, like apparently, not even apparently, back in training camp, they were splitting snaps between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. You knew damn well that you were not going to give the starting job to Gardner Minshew if you wasted pick one one on Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he's going to come out and look okay. Like you got to give him starting reps all training camp long and all preseason long. Yeah, I'm not going to call Trevor Lawrence a flop, but, man, he did not look good. Three picks on Sunday is not ideal. Against the Texans, he's going to face a lot more tougher competition than that all year long. I just think Urban Meyer, James Robinson not getting one carry, Carlos Hyde getting everything. Like James Robinson got eight carries. But still, like, come on. Well, it doesn't help that they were automatic. They were 
immediately playing from behind. Uh, that's never good. Uh, first regular season loss of Trevor Lawrence's career. I mean, t- college, everything. Tyrod Taylor made them look like an elementary school team. Like they, like he was like balling out and it, that's not a good look. So urban Meyer to me is the biggest loser of the weekend because I could honestly see him being fired eight games into the NFL season. All right. Fair enough. I am going to go with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Aaron, probably pretty, yeah. pretty obvious one, but geez, man, what an absolute embarrassment. Uh, not even just the Packers were, but he was. And then he has the nerve to go over on the sidelines and kind of act like he just doesn't give a shit. Like if you're wanting a franchise behind your back and to do things, I don't think that's really going to earn, uh, earn those brownie points doing that, getting beat by the saints 30, 35 by 35 points and then getting the backup quarterback put in. Uh, he just looked horrible. And if he's going to put keep putting on that kind of performance, makes me a little worried for our, our big futures we have out on the Packers. It does. It does. I, I talked to a few uh, Bears fans that I work with or one Bears fan that I work with, and he's like, I don't think you have to worry. He goes, I don't think anyone – he goes, the Packers will win the division even if even if they're 7 and 10. He goes, they're going to win that division. So I th- And I even, even if I think that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers does all he can just to kind of like get at the franchise and they bench him, I think Jordan Love can do a good enough job in that kind of dog shit division. I think so too. I think so too. Um but, that, but I'm not, and I'm not hating on the Saints. I talked about Jameis Winston heading into the season. Yeah, Saints I just did an think excellent job. I didn't think their defense was going to play that well. I mean, that's their defense has always kind of been like they can turn it on, but then they always kind of seem to like let up at certain points in time, and they just turned the it Saints? on all day on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, held you know Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers all under like 20 fantasy points combined. So that's it was crazy. Wild. So, yeah, so that's Travis's biggest losers, Aaron Rodgers. That's my worst performance of the weekend is Aaron Rodgers. Um, here's, a, here's a funny stat. He had a quarterback rating of 36.8. If he would have literally just thrown every pass uh-huh. he attempted in the dirt, he would have finished with a better quarterback rating than what he did. So that's just – that's laughable to me. Um, worst performance goes to Aaron Rodgers. That's Travis's biggest loser. So I've already given my best and worst performances, Chandler Jones and Aaron Rodgers, respectively. Travis, who are your best and worst performers from the weekend? Hmm. That's a tough one. It really is. Let me, uh, let me kind of narrow it down here. My best performer from the weekend. Can't say Chandler Jones because I've already said you, that. And I, already, I already talked about Kyler Murray, so I, I don't really want to go with him. Uh, so I kind of took it from me. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick someone based – not necessarily, he might not have had like, oh, the biggest weekend, but based off of what a lot of people thought he was going to do, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. 264 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, we all knew that the Falcons weren't going to be great, but – solidified the fact that Philadelphia might be somewhat of a threat uh, in that division. Steamrolled the Falcons. Jalen Hurts looked solid. Uh, and even without like a fantastic running game, Miles Sanders only had 74 yards. So yeah, Hurts looked, yeah, Hertz looked very comfortable in the pocket. He didn't panic when he needed to avoid a pressure. He did. He was really good at stepping up and stepping to the right to avoid pressure and just, you know, really completing those passes he needed to complete. He looked really Really poised and uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that pick at all. Who's your worst performance of the weekend? You already you already talked shit on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I can't talk shit on him again. Um, 
Man, it's tough because there's I watch a lot of football and there's a lot of people who are terrible. I'm gonna go with it's and it's down between two. I'll tell you who it's down between. It's down between Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. And I'm gonna have to go with Ryan Tannehill. They just had, I mean, he didn't really even give them a chance. I know that they got sacked like a million and a half times, but he just looked horrible all around. Couldn't ever – every time I looked over at that game, they were punting the ball every single time. Yeah. So they just could, they couldn't keep the offense on the field. I feel like Derrick Henry's failure is a product of Ryan Tannehill not being able to move the ball down the field. It's that and the offensive line, I think, is the big is the big kind of uh, problems in that game. So I don't hate that at all. Another guy that I'll throw out there as a worst performance – like if you look at a stat line, yeah, like yeah, he didn't play that bad. But Kirk Cousins has got to be the worst fucking quarterback in the NFL, or one of the worst quarterbacks. He checks it down every single time. He has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, the other young uh, Irv Smith, that that tight end from Alabama. And I just watched that game because I had uh, Vikings money line, uh, and I was just like, "What are you doing here, homie? Like you, you have." He's just boring to watch. I, I can't stand Kirk Cousins. So I'd lump him in there as also had being a terrible, terrible performer for, for week one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree with you there. That was a pretty rough game. That yeah. game just in general just made me so mad. They Joe like I feel like every game last year Joe Burrow had like fifty plus attempts. Joe Mixon had more carries than Joe Burrow had attempts, and it just it infuriated me. Well, if you watch the game, you'd understand why they're running it down their fucking throat. Minnesota couldn't stop a couldn't stop anything. It was barely they're barely squeaking out first downs. Like one little thing goes the wrong way and they lose that game. Because Joe makes someone get like one yard, four yards, four yards, three yards. Like it, he never had like a huge chunk game. Yeah. Uh he had a couple that I saw, but then also Joe Burrow went out. He got tackled and 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 hurt his knee at what it looked like and I think that kind of scared the Bengals, and they really went conservative after that. They ended up winning the game, so good for them. But, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins can be lumped into that. So, let's. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we introduced something last year called the Bill O'Brien Award, which is basically the worst coach of the week. Bill O'Brien is one of the worst coaches ever to coach in the NFL. We all know that. We all saw him got canned. He got canned last year. Um, so, we're going to bring it back for week one. I think this is a unanimous selection. It might be recency bias for me and Travis, but my Bill O'Brien award for for week one of 2021 is John Harbaugh. 
or Jim Harbaugh. Sorry. So is it John I'm, or Jim? Not, I think it's Jim. <clears throat> I'm not going Harbaugh. I'm going Wink Martindale, which is their defensive coordinator for the Ravens, because Fair that enough. game that game solely relied on them. I know that they have they have really good linebackers, and you know, like that's their thing: run, cover, zero, get get in the backfield and blitz them. But goodness gracious, like if it doesn't work the first five times, what makes you think it's going to work the sixth and the yeah. seventh and the eighth? You got to stop at some point. Derek Carr, like, I mean, yeah, they were semi getting through and pressuring them, but it doesn't matter when you have Henry Ruggs, uh, Zay Jones, fast wide receivers that get open downfield so fast. Even Darren Waller. If you got anyone other than Marlon Humphrey on Darren Waller, he's going to be wide open on a cover zero blitz. It's yeah. so, it blew my mind that they kept doing that. I, on it third is. down, too. It is. So it, it is John Harbaugh's the coach, by the way. Jim's in Michigan. I always get them two mixed up a little bit. Uh, but Wink, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, Winky Martindale. It's Don Martindale, but they call him Wink. Wink Martindale. I don't disagree with that at all because we have to stop letting NFL defenses. If you're up three fucking points, that game is not over. You do not have that in the bag. Like we've seen it time and time again, week after week, year after year in the NFL where teams get up, they go down to kick a field goal to go up with like 40 seconds left. We all know 40 seconds. We've seen it now. Like it used to be like the adage, like, Oh, only Tom Brady, only Aaron Rodgers can do it. No, Derek Carr did it. Ryan Fitzpatrick did it last year for the dolphins. I mean, every quarterback is capable of driving down the field in 40 yeah. seconds. Now the prevent defense, like, and I'm just going to keep pounding this and pounding this till somebody stops somebody. It's got to stop like dropping four, back and just letting up 15 yard passes it's not it doesn't work because they get 15 yards get out of bounds all you need yep. is like three of those and you get in field goal range play regular defense trust your defense to not let up a touchdown like maybe play two deep safeties but i mean it's got to stop because that's what ruined the ravens that, that that's what lost in the game between cover zero and prevent defense that's what lost in the game it, i don't mind the cover zero because it was working early my problem was they didn't adjust the cover zero they just kept bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure. And John Gruden, being a good coach that he is, figured that shit out at halftime. He's like, hey, they're bringing, they're bringing cover zero pressure every single play. We're going to do these little dump-offs to that little number 45 fullback they had, to Darren Waller, to Hunter Renfro. And if you get Hunter Renfro in space, man, I forgot how dangerous that guy is. He can make some, he can make some plays after the catch. He's a flopper. Oh my gosh! There's a one play where he had like a, uh, like kind of like an out route in the end zone, and he barely got touched by the corner, and he like threw his hands up in the air, uh, totally LeBroned it, and got the PI call. That's fine, but what I'm talking about is like that one play at the end of the game where he like tiptoed down the sideline for like thirty something yards. Oh uh, no, I mean he's he's dangerous. I'm just saying, I noticed that he had flopped in a couple of plays. I saw a uh, lot of flops, a lot of questionable offensive pick plays um, this weekend. While we're on the topic of the Monday night game, before we move on, I, I want to talk about the Peyton and Eli broadcast. Cause I know we both watched that. What were your thoughts on that? Was it, was it interesting? I, I liked it in terms, cause it, it really broke it down from a perspective of, I'm not saying me and you, you and I, but I did learn a few things from it, but it broke it down from a perspective who, of a fan who is a fan of football. So like, if you're not, if you're just like a casual football fan that doesn't really watch a whole lot, you might not have uh, enjoyed, enjoyed it. it as much or found value in it. But if you're watching football every Sunday and some things that they're talking about are like, wow, you know, I never really thought of it that way, or I didn't really know that 
It was really awesome. They could have done a better job. Uh, one of our buddies said that they should have had like, not necessarily a narrator, but it was really hard to judge whenever somebody was talking. Peyton and Russell talked over each other a ton. Yeah. So that was kind of tough. Like they could never read each other. I don't think they were ever looking at each other. There's yeah. so many times where they, and they were both talking and they would say a full on sentence at the same time and nothing would come of it. Yeah. Uh, so. Peyton, Peyton did talk a lot. I like, but I liked when Eli, to me, like when Eli spoke, like his little nuggets that he, like, I, I, I doubted Eli. Like he's, he's a smart dude when it comes to football. Like he knows what the hell he's talking about. And, oh, absolutely. And I mean, you don't win two Super Bowls unless, unless you know what you're talking about, but I thought it was very interesting. It was their first broadcast. I think they're doing 10 this year on Monday Night Football. I think, um, yeah, I think they're doing it again next week, but it, it was fun kind of to watch. Like, loser of a game next week. Well, to me, like, and I, and I tweeted at our buddy Sean Malone this on Twitter. Like, he was like, he's, he was during the first drive. He's like, yeah, I feel like they don't have it figured out yet. And I'm like, I like it because it keeps me interesting. Like, w- when I'm watching a regular broadcast and there's like a downplay or like a player goes down in the field or like there's a, there's a, there's a lull in action. I, for being addicted to my phone, like we all are, I immediately get on my phone, go on Twitter and try to see what's going on. But last night I found myself watching that Peyton Eli broadcast when there was a lull in action, I was glued to the TV because I wanted to hear what they were saying. So yeah, that's even why when, I thought it was cool. So like usually when I'll bet on a team and they go up big, I like kind of quit paying attention until it get inter- gets interesting again. Uh, we had Ravens last night and they went up 14, nothing, even without, uh, even having that, I still paid attention to it. The one thing I will say, though, negative about it, just because we can't got to say some negatives. Uh, they they cut away a lot from the game and didn't like they, they missed a few like crucial plays. Yeah. Uh, or they would like pop back in. And it's like, oh, a play or two later. And I'm like, where? Where was this? What the I feel like they did that. They did that early on, but during later in the second half, they really didn't do that. Like when, when Travis Kelsey was on and when, and when Russell Wilson was on, they rarely ever went away. But like when they had Charles and Ray Lewis on in the first half, they did, they did cut away from time to time, but I thought it was really interesting. So it was um, cool. It was, uh, I liked it. And I'll probably, any Monday night football game I watch, I will probably watch that stream if they have it on. So yeah, same here. Like so. That. Uh, down bad. Down bad. Instead of inserting an audio clip, me and Jared just kidding. <laughs> uh, from NFL week one or college week two. Um, man, it's tough. I got one though. Ready? Yeah. It is going to be. Hang on one second. I want to make sure. Oh, come I on. Fuck, I want to make sure I don't fuck up his name. Oh, you got. I, I, I have a whole ass like fucking franchise. Fan base. It is. Uh, it's Jamie Gillen, the punter. Oh my god! For the Browns. Cleveland Browns. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but he lost in the game, man. He lost in the game. Just, just, just eat it. Just. I don't care what you do. I mean, the the snap couldn't have been more perfect. Right in his hands. Right. It, like he just like forgot how to catch a ball, and then <laughs> tried to run. Like at least like try to get it somewhere, like try to punt it somewhere. Even if it gets blocked, like run around or like try to like 10 yards, 10 yards out of bounds or something, anything. You can't just eat it 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage and give the ball back to the chiefs at like the 20. Oh, that was so, that was so painful to watch uh, because obviously I will admit I didn't. Win. Yeah. I didn't watch a ton of that game. Cause I had the, the dolphins played at three 30. Anytime the dolphins are on like 
my soul undivided attention is pretty much towards them, which is why I like when the Dolphins play in the later slate. It's going to suck this weekend because they play a noon game. Um, yeah, that's uh, – what's his name again? What's his name? Jamie Gillen. Jamie Gillen. I think they call him like the Irish boot or something like that because he is he's he, like – Yeah, he's like – and he has – first of all, cut your fucking hair. Like his hair is way too long. I get <laughs> – I'm all for having flow, but if I went out in public and saw him, I'd be like, look at that bitch. Uh, that's how long his hair is. Yeah. Cut your hair, learn how to catch the ball. You cost the Browns the game. Uh, that way, now they're like they've only won one game as a season opener in, in the last twenty some years. Since nineteen ninety nine, they are one twenty one and one in in season openers, which is pathetic. I mean, they had the game, had them beat, and then again, teams let off the gas. Same thing with the 49ers. Like, beat a team by thirty points. Who cares? Look what the Saints did. They didn't care. I don't think that was more of this. That was just the Packers fucking, um, you know, who didn't let up the gas is Seattle. And they, they, they never like Seattle. It was notorious for that last year. I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping they keep that same energy this year and just keep that foot on the gas. And they just bullied Carson Wentz all, all day long. Uh, and the, the Rams, I mean, they were yeah. up like seven or eight, but they were like, nope, we're going to go down and keep trying to score. Like, Keep scoring. So much can happen so fast in football. It's unreal. Yeah. So that's scoring. that's your down bad is Jamie Gillen. Gillen, whatever the fuck his name is, um, punter for the Browns. My down bad is Ohio State football and just their Ohio State fans. You're never gonna oh. win another, you're you're never gonna win another championship. Um, you're gonna you choke every single year when it matters. Zeke Elliott and Cardell Jones are gonna be your last quarterback running back championship tandem. And you lost an Oregon team at home that nearly lost to Fresno State the week before that. So just chew on that a little bit. Yeah, uh, they are down. But I mean, they're they're. I don't even know what to say. Like after after we saw Oregon play the way they did in their season opener, we're like, me and Jared talked about it. We didn't put it out as a pick on the podcast, but I did take it. I was like, oh, Ohio State minus thirteen and a half. Boom. Lock it in. Holy cow. They got steamrolled. Yep. It was bad. Uh, not good. And they they're struggling. I mean, to say the least. Another another honorable mention for down bad, it's Florida State. Yeah. Uh a Hail Mary uh walk off to Jacksonville State FCS school to go 0 and 2. Yikes. What does that say about Notre? What does that say about Notre Dame, though? Oh, Notre Notre Dame could be in the same boat because they almost they had, they had troubles w- with Toledo. Yeah, they almost lost too. So I mean, no one's safe. No one's yeah. safe out here. And even Saturday. So that's our down bad. Uh, we want to give a quick like because Week One fantasy football is always fun. Um, we have a few things we want to talk about f- from Week One in terms of a fantasy football perspective. So, uh, you know, who do you think was like the most disappointing fantasy player week one? I have one and I'm going to lead off with it because I have them on two fucking teams. Derrick Henry was an obvious disappointment. I wouldn't say jump ship on him, but here's what concerns I, me. I, he, he, no, that wasn't even that bad. He had like nine points for your, for your first round pick running back. That Aaron Jones. Have. Aaron Jones for sure takes the cake on that. How many did he have? Like, like, I think like three points. 
So yeah, like you said, but they were in this situation where they got down, they got down so quickly they had no use to run the ball. So same thing as the Titans. I mean, Derek Jones Henry had three point. He had five carries for nine yards. Okay, two catches for thirteen. Okay, Derek Henry had seventeen carries on on Sunday. Like it doesn't seem like it, but he did, and he only scored like nine points. He only had three point four yards per carry, which is well below his career average of four point nine, which is insane that he averages almost five yards a carry on on his career. But if the Titans' O line is going to be as terrible as they were on Sunday all year long. I would monitor it closely. If Henry doesn't have like a big week come week three, if you're Henry owner, I would, it's the, it's going to be disappointed. I would try to honestly trade him away after week three. Yeah. You're going to have to dump him. I am. I, I mean, it's, it's time. Like you don't want to like sell, yeah, sell right. out the farm too quick, but you also don't want to wait until their value is useless. So like those, t- those higher tier players. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like even, even for me, like, I have Derrick Henry in two leagues. Like if he has a shitty week next week, like I honestly might try to dump him in one of those two leagues. I mean, in, in a league, it might not be a bad idea. So yeah. Uh, so Derrick Henry, disappointing. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Um, who do you uh, think is like a player that you should jump ship on right now? Like you drafted them, thought they might be a good player, but you're like, fuck it. Week one, you're done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even touching you ever again. One that you should jump ship on? Yeah, like obviously you're not going to jump ship on Derrick Henry. You're not going to jump ship on Aaron Jones after one bad week. But who's a player that you're like, maybe like a middle tier draft pick, later round draft pick. Like, you know what? This is going to be a diamond in the rough. You're going to be a great player uh, as a flex or on my bench. And you're just like, no, week one, you're done. Fuck it. Sayonara. I have one right away. It's Tampa Bay running backs. So for me in one of my leagues, I drafted Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones as have that Tampa Bay cuff. It's just too much inconsistency as to who's going to get the ball on our fantasy football preview podcast for running backs. We said to avoid the Tampa Bay running backs. I didn't listen to that one of my leagues. It was there. So I took it. I'm going to cut them. Fournette took 65% of the snaps. Ronald Jones only got nine because he had that mistake early and Gio Bernard had 26%. I think there's just too much talent to go around to trust who's going to get the most workload or the biggest workload week in and week out. So I'm cutting my losses, move on from Tampa Bay running backs altogether, jump ship on them. So are you going straight up cut? Or are you talking about someone to like try to get some trade value out of? I might try to get some trade value, but like, I mean, if so right now, like for Fournette and Ronald Jones, if you have them as a cuff, like I do, you can go try to pick up somebody like um, the kid from San Francisco. Uh, you can try to pick up Mark Ingram from Houston. He had a big week. Like you could pick up two valuable players and, and replace them if you have a cuff. Trey Sermon's going to become the guy in San Fran. He's uh, hurt. He's not. He's not hurt. It was a. It was a healthy scratch this weekend. He's going to be the guy they spent that draft pick on. And they're going to use him. Uh, but anyway, mine would be honestly jump ship super early, but do it while you can get value. Is Zeke. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, he, you know, yeah. he's been on, he's been on downward, downward slope. They were in a close game with the bucks and he still didn't get a lot of touches. That's just going to be an air raid offense that I went no part of having Ezekiel Elliott in. Uh, yeah, it sucks because get... it's not, it's not a knock to Zeke as a, as a player. He did great in pass blocking. He's just not going to get the stats. Yeah. He's just not, he's not going to put up the points. So take, uh, t- take him and get what you can out of him or what you're comfortable with. But. I don't think he's going to be having like multiple 20 plus weeks like your top five pick should. Absolutely not. I don't disagree with that. Try to get some trade value out of Zeke. Keep an eye on Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. And if they don't produce week two, week three, you might try to get some trade value out of them. Um, your biggest fantasy surprise in week one. Uh, who is like your a player? Like, man, they really kind of outperformed. Uh, do you have one off, off the top of your head? If not, I'll kind of roll into it. You go first. Mine is Gronk, obviously. I think that yeah, was like the fuck that. That was the biggest surprise. He was ranked a uh, outside the top ten of tight ends coming into the 2021 uh, fantasy season, and he scored two touchdowns. He actually was the top scoring tight end, no matter what scoring format you looked at, standard, half PPR, full PPR. He was the top scoring tight end over the weekend. Now, do I think this was a one game fluke? I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I don't think so. I think that Ooh, I don't know. I think it, I think that I Brady think he will have four or so throughout the year. He's either but, going to do that or he's going to get you three points, but outside of Waller and Kelsey, you cannot say there's a tight end week in week out. That's going to produce great points or, 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 you know, so if you have Gronk, like definitely it's, it's a matchup play. Like I would definitely carry as a backup tight end. Like for me, I have Noah Fant and Gronk in the league. I'm going to look at the matchups every weekend. Noah Fant was hurt. You know, they, they didn't know if he's going to play. So I started Gronk on Thursday night. Um, but I think that they're fading OJ Howard and Cameron Brait out of this offense. I think Gronk and Brady are starting to get their mojo back. Cause like last year, Gronk had been retired for a few years, took a while to get going, but once he did get going, he was huge. So that was my biggest surprise this weekend was, was, was Gronk. All right. My biggest surprise, uh, not really surprised because he's always had a ton of upside, but it's like, uh, you just never know with him. Uh, it's Debo Samuel. Yep. He stole he yeah. an incredible amount of targets from George Kittle. It seems like, you know, he was the go-to guy in that offense. Didn't like what they did to our man, Jimmy G, on that first drive of the game. That was dog shit, Could man. have slit some fucking throats on that one, especially because <laughs> we had over Jimmy G one and a half touchdown passes, and that would have been his second. Uh, yeah. But either way, Debo, you know, he had 12 targets, caught nine of them, 189 yards, touchdown, and a fumble. Half PPR league still in it with 27 points. If he can stay healthy, he's going to put you up double digits probably most, if not every week. Debo's always been a beast. I've I've always liked Debo Samuel. Um, so definitely like that pick. Uh, but he real, got, he's, he just gets hurt so much. He gets hurt and he has the ball control issues, like you said. He already fumbled in, in week one. So, um, because he tries to do a little bit too much 
after the catch. Like I understand trying to get a couple, you know, yak yards there, but at some point you got to know when to go down and when to keep the ball protected and safe. Like Chris Godwin, like Chris Godwin, like Lamar Jackson, um, like uh, Damian Harris. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, so we'll do one more uh, from week one kind of fantasy perspective before moving to, to degenerates digest. Who do you think is a not maybe a week two sleeper, but also a sleeper that you can pick up on uh, for the rest of the season? Uh, I got one before this podcast. By the time you guys hear it, it's going to not be this way. But he was only owned in 3% of leagues. It's Christian Kirk. He had obviously a huge day on Sunday. He caught all five of his targets. Two of those were touchdowns. It's not going to happen every week. But he seems like the number two guy in what is going to be an explosive offense. He's the number two guy, the second fiddle next to DeAndre Hopkins. What's Travis? What are you doing, Trav? What's going on? Look at Tyler O'Neill just hit a go-ahead homer in the eighth inning. Here we go. Big game for the Cardinals going on tonight <laughs> in that wild card chase. So, and we bet on him. So we're getting a little pumped about that. Again, Patreon right there. Shameless plug. Well, uh, Christian Kirk, he was owned in. By the time this drops on Wednesday morning, what'd you say? He was owned in only three three percent. It won't be that way come Wednesday morning. He had five catches, five targets, five catches for two touchdowns on Sunday. But again, I think he's I think he's the number two guy in that Arizona offense. Yes, they do have AJ Green as well. They're just loaded. Like that Cardinals offense is fucking loaded, and it's not even fair. Um, I'm gonna go with a guy who might honestly not necessarily be super available because he's rostered in 85 percent of leagues. Uh, but it's a guy that you could probably trade a couple pieces for pretty cheap right now. And me and Jarrett talked about him. It's Corey Davis. Oh, yeah. Two touchdowns he, on Sunday, baby. He he had two touchdown catches uh, on Sunday. This is Zach Wilson's safety net. Yep. Uh, and, and until Jameson Crowder comes back, I think it's going to continue to be that way. I mean, big, big target, big guy. He has all the talent. He's just never been given the opportunity or really had the place to do that. Zach Wilson, huge, huge, like, compliment to what he can do. So, Corey Davis, if you don't have him, try to get him. If you do have him, you should be starting him, regardless of the matchup, because even if the Jets get smashed, he's going to be getting points. Absolutely. So, Corey Davis, get him if you can. Go for a trade. If you have wide receiver issues, go out and get him. And even if Christian Kirk wasn't picked up in, in your league, try to go snag him or, you know, keep an eye on him and maybe get a trade later in the season. So, that's going to be our quick recap for week one. Not really quick. It was a long winter recap. Week one, NFL's back. And guess what? We got more money to win. So with that being said, let's roll into to DeGeneres Digest. We'll talk about that on the other side of the music. See you guys then. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for week two slash three, right? Is that right? The well, generous digest. The generous digest is this is actually technically, I guess it would be week three. We had week zero of college football yeah. that really didn't count. So this would be week three because we had week one of college and then now we're in week one, week two, now we're week week two, week three. So regardless of the fact, the generous digest last week we gave you guys a slew of primetime picks and a couple of our college picks. Just a little little sprinkling on, on you guys uh, to kind of show you what we do on our Patreon. But we did incredible. Uh, we were, what was it? Like eight and three. Eight and three. So pretty phenomenal. If you don't, if you, if you don't ask me, 
So let's just roll. If you into if it. if you don't ask you or if you ask dude, you, listen, man. Today I know, dude. I, I dude, it's been a hell of a day. I'm I've been doing tongue twisters all night, so I'm getting my <laughs> shit been, all fucked up. It's been a week and so much, so much going on in our lives right now. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night football. This coming up Thursday night. Jesus Christ. Giants <laughs> at the Washington football team. Washington football team. Taylor Heineke led. Stop laughing. Our three point favorites in the over under is 40 and a half. Hate this all around, but I'm going to go with the, uh, with like my you got favorite it. pick. You got to yeah, pick this- the best of both evils. I mean, this is like one of those ones where you like, we always say, trust your gut. And like just the way the Giants played last weekend uh, and the way, I mean, Washington made it a game against the Chargers. Like that was super surprising to me. Their defense looked really well. Chase Young made a lot of stupid penalties, but I like the football team minus three. I'm going to do two units on it. Um, You know, they allowed only 90 rushing yards to Eckler and company. Now I get it. The Giants do have Saquon Barkley. But their offensive line, like I've seen, again, shout out to our buddy Sean Malone because, you know, he's a Giants fan. He's been like retweeting stuff all day. Their offensive line was like blocking each other. They had one guy who like their tackle was parallel to the sideline and got just mowed over because he didn't use his hands. He's like was doing these like little T-Rex shit. So uh, I like the football team minus three to cover. I think Taylor Heineke is going to be electric on Thursday night. Yeah, you talk me into it. Uh, I do like them just for for the reasons that I'm about to give. But I'm going to go with under 40 and a half. Okay. Uh, it didn't really seem like either mm. of these two teams mm. could score. Teaser. Yeah, tease it. Tease it down to make it the plus, football team. Plus, plus four. four. And under 47 and a half would be a good one. But it didn't really seem like either of these teams could score. Saquon never really got him going. Did horrible. Another guy who you might want to look out for in your fantasy team. Their offensive line and shambles. Then you go. You're going up against Washington's defensive line. It's only going to you know cause a recipe for disaster. Uh, and then not only that, but Washington hit or miss. Taylor Heineke he could put up thirty points, or he could put up ten points. Either in between. I'm just going taking the under because I don't think the New York Giants are going to be able to put up points. So yeah, it kind of sucks. We got that. We had that great Thursday night game in week one, and they always they always followed up with a big old fucking dud in week two. I feel like, and that's this is a dud. Who knows though? Sometimes the, those duds turn out to be great games. Let's roll into Sunday night. So recap Thursday night. Uh, I have the football team minus three at two units. Travis is the under of forty and a half. I'm guessing at 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 one unit. Yeah, just one one unit. And then honestly, you want to throw a little teaser on there, a seven point teaser to make it the Washington plus four and the under of forty seven and a half. Throw another unit on that. Can't hurt. Um, let's roll into Sunday night. Sunday night, it's going to be a great game. Terrible for gambling-wise, because I don't know how I want to bet this. Oh, um, I'm hammering hammering aside. This uh, would be so, a lock for me if I didn't, if it wasn't a primetime game. Well, you can you can make your primetime games a lock if you want to make some changes. It, okay. So like Sunday, Sunday night football, Chiefs at Ravens. The Chiefs are going on the road to Baltimore. They're going to be three-and-a-half-point favorites. And the over-under is 54 and a half. Travis, I already know who you're hammering, so go ahead and lay it on me. Yeah, hammering the Chiefs minus three and a half. The half point scares me, man. I don't care. I'm not looking into it too much because this is what I'm thinking back on. Uh, I'm thinking, and I'm totally banking on Harbaugh, Martindale, and the Ravens uh, being so stupid and still trying that cover zero blitz. Because if they do that, 
Tyreek Hill's going to have four touchdowns. Yeah. If they do that, it's going to be so bad. People are going to get open. Patrick Mahomes is not dumb. He's going to know how to beat it, get around it. It's going to be an awful day for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night, and I'm just calling that right now. Uh, you might say that Baltimore or that Kansas City's defense didn't look that good, but I honestly don't think Baltimore's offense looked that good. Kansas like, City really locked it up in the second half, too, their defense did. You lock it up. You lock it up. Yeah, so hammering it. Didn't Not impressed by Baltimore. Kansas City poured it on. They're going to find ways to beat Baltimore by a landslide. So I love them minus three and a half. I still I will do two units on it since it's not my lock. Okay. I was going to say Travis got a two unit minus three and a half play for the Chiefs. I'm going to do the over of 54 and a half at one unit. Uh, just because I see this, you know, I just think that both these offenses can put up points. Both defenses were torched in week one. The Ravens gave up four. Listen to this. Ravens gave up 409 passing yards to Derek Carr, which was the most in week one. Um, so imagine what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. He's going to, like you said, he's going to tear him apart. Tyreek Hill might have four touchdowns with the keep running that, that cover zero blitz. Um, and also he already Ravens, had 197 yards in week one. Yeah. The Ravens secondary is banged up. I mean, let's not forget that they had uh, who, who went down. Uh, in, in, in Monday night, I can't remember, but they're they're down. They're almost very um, Tampa Bay esque right now, where they're missing a lot of their a lot of their top corners. But also on the other side of the ball, Kansas City gave up uh, the six most rushing yards in Week One. So Lamar, but, Tyson Williams, if Love Bell gets to play a Love Bell revenge game, I think we could see a lot of points. So that's why I'm going the over fifty four and a half. Only one unit though. Okay, I don't mind that. I just feel like. When watching that game on Monday night, this isn't going against your pick. It's just going against uh, Lamar rushing. Like, I feel like I knew before the play happened that they were like when they were going to try to run the ball with him, when it was yeah. going to be like a design drop back takeoff. And it just, it didn't look like they were comfortable out there. So like that pick uh, chiefs over another one again, tease it, teasing it. Uh, you, it would be, it would make it chiefs plus, Three and a half or Chiefs two yeah. and a half. Chiefs no, three and a half. Chiefs plus three and a half in the over of forty seven and a half. So yeah. another teaser you could do there. There you are. All right. Monday night. Uh, football. Monday night snooze fest, which yeah. I mean, if if the teams play like they did last week, it could be a good one. But if they don't, uh I, I can see the Packers kind of running away with this. It's Lions at Packers. They're not giving the benefit of the doubt to the Lions at all. Making no. the Packers 11-point favorites over under 48. I feel like this is a trap game because everyone's going to hammer the Lions based on what the Packers did last week, and they're going to come out and blow them out of the water. Yeah, but I still don't like the 11. Like, oh, I, I hate it. 11. So, here, so here's what I'm doing in this game. We've, we've, we've teased teasers in our first two picks, but I'm actually going to officially put out and put on the record – I did this in the Sunday night game last weekend because I didn't like the Rams seven and a half at the time and it hit. Um, so I'm going to do Monday night, a Monday night football, same game teaser. And we're going to do a seven point teaser to make it the Packers minus four in the over 41. I mean, the reason, my reason for this being is I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out. And if, if there's a, if there's not a, if there's a team out there to revenge yourself on and ball out against, it's the Detroit Lions. I mean, let's just be honest. I can see the pack putting up 30-something points themselves. Then you see the Lions chipping a couple of t- That 11 scares me, so that's why I'm doing the same game teaser. So seven-point teaser, Packers minus four, over 41. 
Uh, it's a minus 140, so I'm doing a, a unit and a half on that. All right. I'm going to see if Jared's going to let me do this, but he may not. So there's no props out for this game. And I don't like either side, and I don't want to force either side or give our listeners either side. But I want to put out a prop that I'm, like, calling it. Well, what well I mean – yeah, this is this is this this will be on the Patreon, but we'll give it out because it'll be it's a it's a free play to put on the podcast, so it, it'll be on Twitter. So it's going to be T.J. Hawkinson's over on receptions or yards, whichever one I feel like is more favorable. We'll put it out closer to time when it comes out. But T.J. Hawkinson, you know, he he was so dead set in a way. Uh, Jared Goff's favorite target of the week. He had my computer's being absolutely stupid. We had like eight or nine receptions on 84 yards or something and a touchdown. He was the go-to guy. And if the Packers not only blow this game out or are struggling, I feel like it's going to go one or the other. TJ Hawkinson is going to get a lot of love and I like it. So so we got we got a TBD pick on Monday Night Football. Now it is kind of tough for us to pick on the, these Monday night games because it is, you know, six days away. Uh, like so much shit happens between Tuesday when we record and Monday. So I don't mind that. So we're doing a TBD officially, but Travis, we'll put it on the record. You have to pick you. Now, when the lines come out and you don't like them, two fucking I will pick one. Tough titty, pick Too one. Bad. I will pick one. Tough titty, pick one. So Travis, either going to do I, TBD. I left it open to be either. It's going to be over yeah. on either receptions or yards. If, if his receptions is anywhere hovering around five and a half, I, I feel like it's going to be around five and a half. I'll hammer that over. Okay. So we'll keep an eye on that TBD, but Travis will do a unit on Hawkinson's over on receptions or over on yards. Don't mind that at all. Let's do this real quick. Let's roll into, we have a lot of other picks. Lock of the week, dude, this one I think was canned down to you from the gods. And I do, you, I, I think we might have the same one. Arizona minus four and a half. No, it is not, but I love that one. Mine's, <laughs> mine's, mine's a different NFC West team. Hang on, hang on. Is it, is it? I, I saw it too. Rams minus four. It's why well, when I saw it earlier, it was, man, it was Rams minus three and a half. But I think it's Rams minus four now. But I like them both. I had I had three that I was going to pick from. Uh, yeah, and and those were those were two of them. So I'm doing Cardinals minus four and a half. So uh, they're we, playing four and a half. They're playing four and a half. They're playing the Vikings. Oh. In Arizona, 305 kickoff. We already talked about how much Kirk Cousins struggled. And given what kind of trouble this Cardinals defense just gave the Titans, uh, you know, the Vikings, you know, mixing their run heavily. But if they can shut down the Tennessee run game like they did, no doubt in my mind they can do the same to the Vikings. I say that, watch, they'll gash him for 200 yards on the ground. But Cardinals minus four and a half to play here. All right. Hammer, I hate that at all. My three in a play, I already said it, is Rams minus three and a half. So we have another NFC West team going on the road. They play an Indy on Sunday. Um, Jared's just fading Indy with his locks. Oh, we we and we did it on on our. If you listen to our uh, our AFC preview episode, we said we you said Indy was going to be a bottom five team in the league. And after what they did on Sunday, I don't disagree. Here we go. Carson Wentz was absolutely bullied by the Seattle defense. He was sacked three times, fumbled the ball once, and was hurried on sixteen percent of his throws. That was the third most of week one. That was against Quentin Nelson even played. Yeah. That was against Seattle's defense. Imagine what Aaron Donald and that Rams defensive line is going to do. I don't even want to think about it. Um, It's it it pains me to say they look, they look good. They look very good. Also, we saw an indie secondary get torched by Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, which are great receivers, but what's going to happen when they go against 
Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson looked amazing on on Sunday yeah. night, and, and Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. I mean, that receiving core is solid. Cooper, I I knew going into the year that it was going to be Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Now I know it's only week one. Cooper Cup took a lot of the shares. Robert Woods still has time to shine, but good gravy, man! I mean, it's bananas. Like, yeah. So, what do you think is going through Matt Stafford's mind? He's like, wow, I have receiving core, I have an offensive line. Yeah, I have somebody that's I have. Man, it was cool when I had Calvin Johnson, but now I have like, like three people that I can throw the ball to, and I that aren't double them. covered. Yeah, exactly. So, Rams minus three and a half, or minus four, wherever the fuck it's at. Like, if it creeps up to like the five, five and a half range, I'm gonna be a little bit worried. I don't think it will get that high because I saw. I'm it. good with I'm good with anything up to like six with mine, uh, and I'll probably go, same with yours. Yeah, I'll go up to six, but I don't see it. Like last night, I saw it was at four. Like as I was laying in bed, I was. This is how big of a gambling fucking addict I am. I'm like, all right, I got, I, I got, I got to look at the board for week two and get I ready. I was looking at mine was, at work on Monday, Monday morning. Oh, I was Sunday night in bed. I was like making notes on my phone, but I wrote this one down and I saw it at three and a half today. Now it's back to four, whatever. Rams minus three and a half. Rams minus four. I'm going to say it right now on the podcast. Lock it in now. Three units. That's my lock of the week. All right. Like it. This one, this is tough. I love to force one. a pick and I don't, I don't like it. So I could have two, of the week. Yeah, I could have two here, like because I have a college pick and an NFL pick. Okay, uh, so I didn't, I didn't even look at the college slate for upset. If we're going college slate for upset, I have one. You could, so you could, like, this is a, locks and upsets are open, bro. You could do locks and upsets for either college or NFL. That's why I said two or three college picks on this on the script because if one of your college picks is a lock or an upset, you don't have to throw out two additional college picks. I'll roll right. in because I have I actually have an upset. Um, for the NFL that I like. I like the Cowboys at the Chargers on Sunday. It's a 325 kick. The Cowboys are dogs. They're they're uh the spread, I think, is like three or f- three, I think, right now. They're three-point dogs. I'm taking money line at plus 140. I think they the Cowboys really impressed me on opening night. Dak looked damn good. Combination of Lamb and Cooper, like we were talked about, it's gonna be dangerous as ever. And listen to this: the Chargers defense against Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke completed 73.3% of his passes and averaged 11.1 yards gained per pass completion against the Chargers on Sunday. If you do that against Dak, that's a recipe for disaster, especially with CeeDee Lamb and Amari, and Amari Cooper. Um, I just see Dallas. I don't. There's no way I see Dallas going 0-2 because I think they're going to win the NFC, NFC East. They're not going to go 0-2. The Chargers looked a little sluggish, a little slow. You can't do that against Dallas. I just have a feeling that Dallas is going to go on the road and, and get it done against the Chargers. They had to travel all the way to the East Coast and back. That takes a lot of toll on you. So that's why I'm going. I'm going Dallas here. All right. Don't mind that. I mean, if they they barely pulled out a win to the Washington football team with a backup quarterback, Dallas looked pretty damn good uh, on Thursday night. But they do have a lot of rest. But their their secondary is going to have to lock it up. Yeah. That's for damn sure. If, if, well, Keenan Allen if, didn't look. Keenan Allen did not look good on Sunday. He dropped a lot of balls. Yeah, but that's eh, Keenan Allen. He he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's going to scare me if if LA can come out and get yards on their first couple drives and score. It's over. Yeah, it's over. Uh, don't hate it though. Mine is going to be a college pick. It's going to be the 18th. That's Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Got an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Virginia Tech oh. at West Virginia. I like I like this one too. Virginia Tech is ranked 15th in the country. 
going on the road and are somehow underdogs at West Virginia. Love this. Who lost to Maryland 30 to 24. And they're probably the favorite because they beat Long Island University 66 nothing. Don't care. Virginia Tech came out, stunned UNC 17 to 10, rolled over Middle Tennessee, covered their own spread there at 20 and a half. Uh, quarterback who serves as like a dual passing running guy because he leads the team obviously in both. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna shock West Virginia. Come out their money line right now is plus one twenty five. So I'm doing that at one unit. Love that. I also I that was one of the games like when I was looking at college slates. I like their spread because I think they're three point dogs too. They are three point dogs. So I like both those. I like I like Vatek money line Vatek uh, spread. So love that pick there, Travis. I'm going to roll into my first. Now we, now we put on the, on the script, two or three college picks. I have three for you. My first college pick is also 11 a.m. game on Saturday. And it is also going to be a money line dog. Pretty big one. Actually, Michigan state at number 24, Miami, 11 a.m. Saturday, Michigan state is a plus plus one ninety five money line dogs. And that is who I'm taking at one unit. Miami hasn't been good. Let's just be honest. They got the shit kicked out of them by Alabama. I think getting the shit kicked out of them by Alabama week one really just kind of put a damper on their whole season. They came out last weekend, beat App State by two points at home. Meanwhile, Michigan State has looked damn good. Their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, averages 10 yards per completion, and their running back, Kenneth Walker III, averages 10.7 yards per carry on the season. That's bananas. So if their quarterback's throwing it and completing it or the running back's running it, they're getting a first down. It's, it's, it's just, it's insane. So I'll take them money line plus plus one ninety five one one unit, Michigan state. And if you're two chicken shits do that, then fucking take them plus six and a half at three units. Cause that I think is a surefire lock. All right. I don't mind that one. Uh, it, it makes me nervous just cause at six and a half, if there were seven and a half. I'd be a little more confident. What about but, money line? Hey, Dude, money line all, almost plus 200. That's, that's, that's a little that's rich, worth the juice. It's a little rich, but it, it might be worth the juice. Uh, just bring some cats and let them loose in Miami Stadium. <laughs> or, um, uh, I have three college games as well outside of that. Is that cool? That's fine. Yeah, I said two or three. Let's roll with it. All right. Uh, my first one is an 11 o'clock game as well. Cincinnati at Indiana. Cincinnati, eighth-ranked team in the country. They're going to prove themselves, or if they want to prove themselves and you know be in that college football playoff realm, they're going to have to go on the road and beat Indiana. They're four-point favorites, but I think they are just incredibly the better team, better on all facets of the game. Shouldn't be a problem. Indiana got the doors blown off of them by Iowa, and then they just went and beat SCS school in Idaho. Not too worried about it. Meanwhile, Cincinnati doing their thing versus the lower-tier competition like they always do. But they're going to come in. They're going to beat Indiana by 10 points. So you're going to take Cincinnati minus four for sure. There we go. Cincy minus four. Don't hate that. Especially if they want to uh, eke their eke themselves into. But they have these. to have a fire lit under their ass for sure. They have to. Like if you if you're going to go into the college football playoff or want to have consideration into the year, and I don't want to hear your fans bitch if you don't come out and whoop Indiana's ass, you have no you have no point well, in that quality, conversation. This is quality opponent, regardless of what Indiana finishes. Big Ten opponent, you got to beat them good. Yep, exactly. On the uh, road. There we go. On the road. My next game is a five o'clock kick on Saturday, East Carolina at Marshall Marshall's 10. Oh, Marshall. They're my next one. We are Marshall. Jarrett passed Uh, up on my Marshall pick week week one. one. He won't do it again. No Marshall's minus 10. I'm doing two units on Marshall minus 10. Yeah. 
Yeah, I literally wrote ECU is doo doo. They, I mean, they're South Carolina should be embarrassed that they only beat them by a field goal. They squeaked by. Marshall put up forty nine and forty four points in both their games so far this season, both of which were blowouts. I don't see this one being any different. Hammer the herd and take the minus ten. Not only that, Marshall's defense uh, is, is off the charts. I know they didn't play a great a uh, school last Navy. week. They played Navy. But they played week Navy one. week one, and Navy runs the ball. Uh, only averaging 83 pass yards allowed. Uh, so, and that, and that's what ECU does. They pass the ball. Not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, that was my next pick was Marshall minus 10. Well, roll, roll into your last one, and then I'll roll my last one, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, my last one for you guys is going to be rolled with this team last week. Uh, did pretty well rolling with them again. It is going to be a 630 kickoff. Virginia at North Carolina, ranked 21st somehow. Uh, Virginia nine point dogs. Yeah, I do this after blowing the doors off Illinois, taking Virginia here. Offense off the charts, moving the ball. Their quarterback has seven touchdowns already this year. Uh, and we saw what what North Carolina did. They they didn't play well against Virginia Tech. Virginia's defense stout. Well, they've only allowed fourteen points all year long. Plus nine, give it to me. Yeah. I literally, you probably can't read that, but that's my slate. UVA plus nine is on my picks that I liked. Did not put it on the podcast, but I will be telling that pick. Absolutely. My last game, Jarrett seems always, I'm just referring myself to the third person. So I know I'm the ultimate douche there, but I always seem to throw in these late games and they always end up being juicy and they hit. So I'm giving you another late one. It's good. It's a top 25 ranked matchup. Number 19, Arizona state at number 23, BYU. The Cougars, they're giving them points again at home, and you got to stop doing that. I'm taking BYU plus three. They're going BYU. Is that week three, three in a row? Yeah, BYU plus three and a half at home, two units on that. I mean, like I said, you can't keep giving them, making the dogs at home. They did it last weekend against Utah. They were almost seven-point dogs against Utah. They won outright. They won outright. The the Jets have to take Tyler Algier because that dude is insane. Dude, Re- rekindle him with Zach Wilson, BYU's running back, 44 carries, 196 yards and touchdown. Uh, the dude's insane. Like, also, their their new the Zach Wilson's replacement, Jaron Hall, is actually pretty good. I like him. I mean, he's young, he's raw, he's not he's not Zach Wilson, but he gets the job done. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They they are very good. Arizona State, not no no doubt to them, but you're going on the road in BYU. Hey, BYU now turn into a football school, going to the Big Twelve. Yep, that's They're what I was gonna say. Huge high, uh, I like that pick a lot. Underdogs, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the money line. I ain't taking three and a half. I'll do. I'll do both. But listen to this: if they win this game, they'll be three and zero against the Pac-12. They beat Arizona week one. They beat Utah last week. They have Arizona State this week, and then they play USC at the end of the year. If they could go a clean sweep of the Pac-12, would be amazing and a good entrance for them into the Big Twelve. I'm. I, I like BYU. I like the Cougars. I might actually end up adopting them as my second favorite uh, college culture ball team. So I'm going to hand you guys out a free seven point teaser right now. It's going to spread across three games. So it might not be crazy value, but it's an absolute lock. It's college or college or NFL? College. It's going to be Virginia Tech plus 10, Virginia plus 16, and BYU plus 10 and a half. Love that. Boom. Love that. So that's another freebie. So we gave you a lot of picks this week, guys. If they, if you tail them, they end up hitting follow along the Patreon, subscribe there real quick. Before we wrap up the show, we have our guest picker 
from the Belly Up Sports family. So listen to that, and we'll catch you on, on the tail end. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Marty Joins again here from Interceptor Lunch to give you another bet for this week. Something that we're really intrigued by is this Thursday night, the Washington football team hosting the New York Giants. Take Taylor Heineke under 33.5 passing attempts. I believe that offensive coordinator Scott Turner is going to try to protect Heineke at all costs, hand the ball off to Antonio Gibson, and ultimately try to grind out a win there at FedEx and beating Daniel Jones for the first time in his career. And that pains me to say that as a Washington football fan. But again, it's Marty Joins here from Intercept Your Lunch. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to catch all of our new shows giving you bets that make you fat and happy. All right, so that was our guest picker this week from the Belly Up Sports family. So that is going to be episode 133 for you guys. Again, a lot of stuff your way. NFL week one, week two. Man, we uh, hey, we had such a jam-packed episode. I just bought the Bud Light fall flannel seltzer pack. I have three of them sitting in front of me. I didn't even crack one open to well, try that's to gonna, review it. That's going to have to wait till next week. It's not waiting. I'm cracking open right now. Okay, that's but fine. I'll well, drink we'll, them and I'll tell you guys what I think. Yeah, I'll tell us about. So Travis got the fall flannel pack from Bud Light Seltzer. So again, sub to the Patreon. Again, if you get a five dollars subscription, Travis just made a good like a good face emoji at one of the seltzer packs. Uh maple pear. That sounds like, that's such a weird combo. No, dude, you gotta go. I I think the pack is worth buying. Just for that flavor right there, even though there's only three of them. So it's a pumpkin, uh, pumpkin maple spice, pe- which I honestly didn't hate. It's sippable. You're not going to chug it. Maple pear, which I just had phenomenal. The only one they kept was their apple crisp one was from last year, which was my favorite. Yeah. And then toasted marshmallow, which I have not tried that one. Okay. But, well, do the pumpkin seltzer. That's that's a one is another local St. Louis. It's O'Fallon brewery. That's the pumpkin pie fizz. It's like 95 calories and no carbs. I had those last year. It kind of tastes like a like a LaCroix, but it has that very hint of pumpkin flavor and it's just enough. So see the Bud Light one is a little bit heavier on the pumpkin. It's one that's like if you're if you're drinking for the night, you're only gonna have one and you yeah, gotta yeah. switch over to something else. But uh yeah, solid maple pear, go out, try the fall flannel pack. Till then, picks, gambling, awesome podcast next week. Peace. Peace out, guys. See ya. Nice guy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.